Welcome everyone, you're listening to Save Me an Isle Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I am not Katie, I am I am a Matt. And today <laughs> I am joined by our fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hey! So our, our great hostess is uh, currently out of town, so we are doing a episode without her. I sure would be. Sad face. Dearly missed. Yes. But today, uh, Amber is going to be taking us on the wonderful story of Drowsy Chaperone. So, Amber, why don't you just take us away? Alrighty. So, the Drowsy Chaperone is a lovely show. Uh, I hope you've seen it. If you haven't, please do, or at least listen. So, the Drowsy Chaperone is a little weird. It's bit different from other shows and especially shows that we've covered because this show is all in one piece there's not an intermission and it also is a bit of a show within a show format so it kind of breaks that fourth wall basically this features a middle-aged musical theater fan dubbed man in chair and he's actually on stage he's a man sitting in a chair uh wow (laughs) right that's crazy And he is playing a record of his favorite musical, which is the fictional 1928 hit, The Drowsy Chaperone. And he makes comments throughout as the show comes to life. And it's basically, this musical is basically a parody of the American musical comedy of the 1920s. And so the show is just, it's all comedy. There's mistaken identities, there's spit takes, there's comic gangsters, and just a whole <laughs> lot of fun. Yeah. So does he kind of work as a narrator in a way? Kind of, yeah. Okay. So, The Drowsy Chaperone, the book was written by Bob Martin and Don McKellar, and the music and lyrics by Lisa Lambert and Greg Morrison. So basically, a bunch of friends got together in 1997. They were at a stag party, and they decided to just, like, spoof up some old musicals and make a musical. <laughs> yep, sounds about right. Sounds, sounds like, like our Matt. kind of party. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Hmm. <laughs> and originally, let's... Be real, the show was super crude and risque, especially for its time. But over time, it kind of reshaped into this. So this is mama appropriate, I would say. Yay. So that's cool. We are working off of the original cast recording, which is on our Spotify and linked in the show notes, as always. This soundtrack contains not only the songs of the musicals, but also songs of the musical, but also several tracks of Man and Chair's introductions and interruptions throughout the show. This recording also contains two bonus tracks, so there's an unabridged version of the intermission song, Message from a Nightingale, and a cute little duet called I Remember Love, which actually was replaced by Love is Always Lovely in the End in the actual show. Cute little song there. Mm. So the Drowsy Chaperone debuted in 1998 in Toronto, had an expanded production in Toronto in 1999, and was produced full scale in Toronto in 2001. A reading was performed in New York in 2004, which captured the interest of a Broadway producer, Kevin McCollum, and then he and several others decided to produce the play, and it opened on Broadway in 2006. It had 674 performances and closed in 2007, so a decent chunk. Mm -hmm. The original Broadway cast contained Bob Martin, Beth Leval, and Sutton Foster, who we have definitely discussed before. There was a West End production in 2007, but it closed after less than 100 performances. Oh. Guess they were just hmm. like, nah, bro. Yeah, that's pretty low compared to a lot of the other numbers we hear. Yeah. There was a North American tour that opened in 2007 and played in more than 30 cities across the U.S., so that one clearly did much better. 
Mm-hmm. Good. And then there were several other U.S. and Canada tours between 2008 and 2018. So it just kind of kept going. Maybe people just needed more time to get used to the risque. <laughs> right, to get used to that kind of comedy. Yeah. The Drowsy Chaperone was translated into Japanese and opened in Japan in 2009. Ooh. Interesting. There was also an Australian production in 2010, and well-known actor Jeffrey Rush played Man and Chair. Hmm. The Drazzy Chaperone was also translated into Portuguese and performed in Brazil from 2013 to 2014. Ooh. Uh, and the Drazzy Chaperone was also performed in Bermuda in 2015. So, it's been around. It's yeah. been places. Yeah. Critics have generally been pretty optimistic about the show. I personally really enjoy it. It's just silly. I did actually see a high school performance of it back in the day. Hmm. And so it's definitely one of those shows that comes across better on stage than through a soundtrack. You just miss a lot of the, like, physical gags. But, you know, still fun to listen to. But if you get the chance, go see it. And, uh, hint, hint, you might be able to find some recordings online. Uh-oh. So, you know. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So is it a wink, <clears throat> wink? Yeah. So with that, you guys ready to jump into Act 1? Yeah. Yeah. Aye. <laughs> so, like I said, we have Man in Chair. So we start off with him. He's kind of mousy, kind of nerdy man. But he's a Broadway fanatic, and he comes on stage, and the show starts with the song Overture, which is instrumental, but it's also where he basically explains that an overture is a musical appetizer, which is a funny little joke. <laughs> and then we move into the song Hello, which is where he explains that he just, he just kind of wants to listen to something to cure his... His non-specific sadness, which uh, we can all relate to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> I don't know why, but today I'm sad. Yep. And so he puts on a record featuring his favorite, one of his favorite musicals, The Drowsy Chaperone. And so he sits in an armchair on the front corner of the stage. And as he starts to listen, the stage lights up behind him and the show starts. Does he stay there for the entire time? Yep. Like, I is he always on stage? Oh, that's great. He just sits that. there. And he just, like, kind of, like, listens and watches, and sometimes the actors, like, sit on his lap or, like, dance around him. Like, he's there, but he's not. <laughs> he's a prop. It's really he's a cool. ghost. <laughs> <laughs> he's the ghost of the theater. He's a ghost. They're all psychics, therefore they can see him and interact. Sure. Good headcanon, Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's gonna okay. be a Matt's musical. I've decided it. Okay. Man, got I, I gotta start writing these down. This, this, yeah, this we need to keep note of this. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta get some psychic musical people, Matt. Okay, that that all sound like Actual all have a terrible French accent. Yep. Yes. Got it. Guess all we're right. going to France. <laughs> Are we? we? We should. Anyway. <laughs> so the first major song of the musical The Drowsy Chaperone is A Fancy Dress which starts with Miss Tottendale, who's an older lady. She's on stage in her big fancy dress with a hoop skirt and all. Except she doesn't remember why she's wearing it. <laughs> her employee, Underling, reminds her that she's hosting a wedding. She's like, oh my god, I love weddings! Is she blonde? <laughs> um, she's just... old. <laughs> okay. Um, and a little forgetful. But in mm. a cute way, I guess. It's fine. And so this song introduces us to all the characters in the show. So it's the wedding day of Robert Martin, who's an oil tycoon, and Janet Vandegraaff, who's a Broadway star. And so she's planning to give up her big shiny career for him. Also in attendance are Robert's best man, George, the Broadway producer, Feldzig, 
who wants Janet to come back and work for him, of course, uh, so we can make money off of her, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's mm-hmm. Kitty, who's a ditzy flapper girl who hopes to take Janet's place on Broadway, and she spends the whole show following Beltzig around. There's two gangsters who are disguised as pastry chefs. <laughs> there's the the sexy Latin lover Adolfo, and then there's <laughs> who's lover? Listen, yeah. you'll see. Ever- everyone's. You'll see. <laughs> oh, plot twist. Is he just just a manho? Yes, he is Adolfo. Adolfo. There's yes. Janet's chaperone who's like oh, where's the bar, and the underling is like um it's prohibition, my dude, and she's like well, it's a good thing I brought my own, and she pulls out a flask. The good chaperoning. So she's a good chaperone. Uh, and then there's Trix, an aviatrix. Why is there an aviatrix? You'll see. <laughs> I don't know. I also had a like weird dyslexia moment, and I thought that said anti-vax. And I'm like, that's a weird <laughs> character description. Nice. <laughs> so throughout the soundtrack, uh, there are songs like Percy Hyman and The Oops Girl where the man in chair is introducing these fictional actors who play each of the roles. So the Tall Brothers played the gangsters. The guy who plays Robert was previously in a toothpaste commercial for a toothpaste that contained cocaine. Nice. That, that was the thing at the time. We need that nowadays. <laughs> Make the girl that plays Janet was so sexual that men around here would just get distracted and have accidents, like crash their cars <laughs> into trees. Oh, I was thinking of much worse <laughs> accidents. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe those two. I thought she just had a special power. <laughs> <laughs> and the actor that plays Aldolfo died and was partially eaten by his poodles before he was found. So. They're smart for being dogs. <laughs> yep. On with the show. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now we see that it's going to be chaos. And it Yay. is. Just, just on like the cast of characters it's just i have no idea how the story is going why are there gangsters here <laughs> it's going good it's gonna be great so the gangsters team up with felzig so their boss is invested in his show and they want it to happen with janet and so they tell felzig that he must stop the wedding to keep her in the show felzig enlists Aldolfo to seduce janet in hopes of messing up her relationship with robert <laughs> keep this flawless in mind. so far right definitely gonna work uh-huh. Meanwhile, Robert is feeling a bit nervous about the wedding, which is fair, and so to get rid of his cold feats, he tap dances. That's what you do, right? You don't scold feats, you dance to make the cold feats hot. It's pretty great. I've been doing it wrong all this time. I've just been putting a blanket on my feet. Kylie! Hey, hey Kylie, can you <laughs> fire me now so I can leave? Nope. No. Dang it. No, we gotta get to the cocaine part. Okay. <laughs> So clearly this is sound logic, and his friend George joins in with the dance. However, <laughs> George points out that tap dancing could be dangerous. Well. <laughs> uh, yep. And so he suggests that Robert go roller skating in the garden instead. Yeah. However, okay. however, he must wear a blindfold to keep him from seeing his bride before the wedding. Yeah. So yes, blindfolded rollerblading is safer than tap dancing. And yes, the actor actually does this on stage. I, Yo, I think everybody nuts. took an extra hit of toothpaste that time. <laughs> Listen, we've only just started. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm blown away, and it's only been the first Ugh. introduction. Alright, so after that song, which is Cold Feats, of course, there's a funny moment where Man and Cher receives a phone call, and he's like, I hate cell phones going off in the theater. Moment ruined. 
Me too, bro. Me too. Right. <laughs> I assume he just hardcore stares at somebody in the audience. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So outside by the pool, Janet is telling reporters that she's happy with her decision to get married and leave Broadway. And so this is the song Show Off. And so she's like, I don't want to sing tunes no more, even though she's singing. And the song gets more and more dramatic and over the top, and it evolves into this huge number. Uh, it also features several costume changes. So she's wearing a bunch of layered pieces that she, like, strips off more and more as the song continues. There's some gymnastics. Breakaway dress. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, like, several of them. There's some gymnastics, and then there's even some snake charming. Oh. Yep. Okay. And then after she <laughs> stops singing, someone's like, hmm, I'm surprised she didn't do an encore. And then she comes back, and she's like, I don't want an encore no more. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> we get it, lady. <laughs> Honey, calm down. So, yeah. Oh, then there's this short little scene where Miss Trottendale and Underling are planning code words to have alcohol sneakily at the wedding. And so she's like, let's use the phrase ice water when we really mean vodka. And so then a few minutes later, Miss Trottendale's thirsty. And so she asks Underling for ice water and he gives her a glass of, of course, vodka. And she's surprised because she expected water <laughs> and she has terrible memory, of course. And so she spits it in his face. Oh. And then she's like, no, I need actual ice water. And so again, he gives her vodka. And so there's an, another spit take. It happens several times over. Same joke over and over again. <laughs> Classic comedy. <laughs> uh-huh. Yep. It's great. Later, Janet is back in her room, and she's having doubts about whether Robert actually loves her. They're both just terrible. I don't know. She asks her chaperone for advice, and her chaperone replies with the song As We Stumble Along, which is basically about how life can be boring and messy, but you just gotta keep putting one foot in front of the other and move forward. And it's, you know, kind of a deep song. It's a great song. Except Man in Chair points out that it's an anthem for alcoholism. <laughs> ah, yes. Ah, yes. The secret message underneath. <laughs> and Man in Chair explains that this actress... Uh, so the actress playing the role actually demanded to have a rousing anthem in everything that she performed in, which is why this song was in the show. Hmm. The chaperone tells Janet that she's feeling drowsy because she's been drinking, and so she must take a nap. Uh, and then she's like, hint, hint, why don't you go find your groom while I'm napping, hint, hint. And so Janet, now unattended, sneaks away for the garden. And meanwhile, da, da, da. Oh. Aldolfo enters and mistakes the chaperone for Janet. Oh. He's like, <laughs> I, I must seduce the bride. And she's like, I'm not the bride. And he's like, I must seduce the bride. And he's like, she's like, okay, I'm the bride. <laughs> <laughs> is he, is he a himbo? Like, is he a, just a big idiot? Listen, yes. Okay, cool. It's great. And so the chaperone refers to him as Adolphus, and so he has to correct her. And so we have the song, I am Adolfo, and he just brags about himself and repeats his name, like, over and over again. And so he's bragging about how, like, he can sing it really high-pitched, and he does that, and then he can sing it really low-pitched, and he does that, and then he can sing it really quickly, and he does that, and then he says he can sing it slowly, but it would take hours, and so he's not going to do that right <coughs> now, of course. Mm. So he does all this to seduce her, and it ends up working. Chaperone's <laughs> totally okay with this. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't care. Right. She wants him. Now remember, Janet went to the garden, and remember, Robert was blindfolded and roller skating in the garden, and so they meet up. She pretends to be a French woman named Mimi, and he's like, I don't recognize your accent. And she's like, oh, I'm from the middle part of France, where they make the toast. 
Ah, yes, the famous French French toast. toast. Yep. (laughs) Uh, And so she asks him about his bride, and Robert describes their first love-struck meeting, which is adorable. And so he, like, tripped and fell on his feet in front of her, and this just, like, works for her. (laughs) Ah, he's clumsy and an idiot. I love him. Basically. That's how it worked for Katie and I. (laughs) (laughs) This is the song Accident Waiting to Happen, and so she's just like, Yes, hurry and happen to me. Yeah. And so, of course, this is my favorite song. I say this every time. <laughs> yep. Ding. That, uh, the counter has gone up one. Right. I have to checkmark this every episode because... <laughs> get, get your bingo scorecards out, ladies and gentlemen. And Right. Amber's got a favorite song. No, that, that's, the, that's the free one in the center, right? Yes. Yeah. It always <laughs> happens. Whatever mm. the like cutesy romantic song is of the musical, it's my favorite. We need to make you rank them. All your favorite songs, you need to rank them. Oh, God, that's impossible. I do have, like, a Spotify playlist of, like, my one favorite song from every musical, and I listen to it constantly. Uh, But I'm not sure I could rank them. I'll think on it. Yeah, it'd be hard. (laughs) So, these two, of course, are caught up in their feelings, and they kiss. However, Janet gets mad and storms off because Robert has just kissed another girl. Even though uh, it was her, thought, but like he didn't know that it was her. She's a little oh, crazy. It's a trap. I thought I thought she dropped the act at the end, but I guess not. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's still her as Mimi. So, uh, yep. And then over to the other side of our characters over here, we've got Kitty who is trying to demonstrate her famous mind-reading talent to Feldzig in hopes of taking Janet's place, but it's going terribly because she's bad at it. I did call the psychic. Yes, you did. And so the gangsters show up, and they confront Feldzig, and they threaten him with a Toledo surprise. And so the song is Toledo surprise. (laughs) And so the song is full of food puns, and so they're singing stuff like pound the dough and peel the skin. You know, stuff that both a baker and a gangster would do. Mm. However, Feldzig ends up convincing them that they're so good at singing and dancing that they should be in his next show. (laughs) Good thought. And so they just, like, keep singing and dancing and making a bigger production out of it. Meanwhile, Aldolfo strolls in with a chaperone and he's like, the wedding's off. I've seduced the bride. And so Feldzig's like, um, that's the wrong girl. The wedding's on. How dare you mess up? Then Janet storms in and she's like, the wedding's off. Because Robert kissed a French girl, and her name's Mimi, and she's very beautiful. (laughs) How would you know? And Robert, of course, following after her, is like, But honey, she reminded me of you, only French. (laughs) That's a great excuse. So everyone's just (laughs) a moron. Yeah. Okay. The man in the chair isn't. Yeah. Well, Well, this is his favorite (laughs) show, so we'll see. Miss Trottendale, of course, is disappointed that there won't be a wedding so then we're still in the song toledo surprise and then it turns upbeat as the rest of the company joins in and at the end of the song the record actually starts skipping and so like the music and the actors like all repeat for a few moments and then the man in chair bumps the record player and it continues <laughs> cute little moment there and then there's a short song after this act one finale where janet is like why are we dancing we should be sad the wedding is off and Robert's like, but the tune is so infectious. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Man in Chair announces that this is the end of the first act and switches the record to, like, part two before scampering off the stage to go to the bathroom. 
and while there technically isn't an, in an intermission in the show, like I said earlier, we will stop here for our intermission. So, nice. what do you guys think? <laughs> it's this is real stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, yeah, in that good way where it's like, oh, it's supposed to be stupid. Yeah. So I guess it's succeeding in its goal. I want to see it now. Yeah, I, th I think I would like this, like, with a lot of physical gags and stuff. Mm -hmm. Sounds right up my alley. It's pretty great. <laughs> pretty great. So yeah, so a lot of chaos. A lot of, uh... All the characters are very entangled. <laughs> yeah, but it's like... It's more closely connected than a lot of other stories, where it's like, there's sometimes even like two plot lines that only come together right at the very end. This is at least all kind of one piece. True. Songs seem fun, too. Yes. Yeah, definitely... You know, definitely has that 20s feel, but it's just like, I don't know the words for the music, but yeah, it's fun. Swing? Sure. Where it's, it's a good time. Okay. <laughs> I know what I mean. <laughs> Alrighty, well, uh, Kylie, uh, do you have a theater fact for us today? I do. Whoa! Oh <sighs> my god! Shocker. Y you're always so prepared. This needs yeah. to be on our bingo board. <laughs> Alrighty. So the theater equivalent of the Oscars is the Tony Awards. They were first held back in 1947. Originally, they didn't hand out statues, so the little golden man. The prize was a cigarette lighter for men and a compact for women. And the prizes were... <laughs> oh, okay. They had priorities. Yeah, I guess. Prizes are awarded for both musicals and plays. Tickets to the ceremony originally cost $7 each. And no t actor named Tony has ever won a Tony. Oh, that's interesting. Uh-huh. That's... Was, like, a person that organized it named Tony? Like, why are they the Tony Awards? I don't know. Hold on. Google pause. <laughs> Tony Awards, annually awarded for distinguished achievement in American theater, named for the actress-producer Antoinetta Perry. The annual awards were established in 1947 by the American Theater Wing and intended to recognize excellence in plays and musical staged on Broadway. So it's not named after a person named Tony. It's a female. Hmm. He had a little man statue. Right. A little weird. Hmm. Interesting. I do like the Tonys of, like, all of the different award things, like Grammys and whatever else there is, I like the Tonys the most. Yeah. Particularly for the music. And I think it's a lot more fun, too, than the oh, other so ones. Oh, so she was director and co-founder of the American Theater Wing. So, she was very involved. Alright, well, uh, that wraps up our intermission. Amber, would you like to take us away to Act 2, but not actually Act 2? Yeah. Alright. For the brief moment, while Man in Chair steps away, turns out he actually put on the wrong record. And so this weird, like, oriental palace appears on stage, and the characters start performing Message from a Nightingale, hmm. which is a super weird song. <laughs> and they're like, what about Asians? Fascinates Caucasians. <laughs> well? Uh... Yep. <laughs> I don't think I want to answer that. Yep. It's super weird. So, yeah. Man in Chair, of course, hurries back in and stops the record, and he explains that it's for a musical called The Enchanted Nightingale. And so the, you know, records must have gotten mixed up on their sleeves and put the wrong one in. So he finds the right record, 
and the show continues. And so he introduces the next song by saying that the audience should ignore the lyrics to the following song, but the tune is beautiful, so that's important. <laughs> uh, he says that it's his okay. favorite song, so you, you just have to listen to it to understand. And so this song is Bride's Lament, and so it features Janet, who's basically in a dream sequence. And she's singing about putting a monkey on a pedestal. <laughs> basically, the monkey is Robert. Uh, and so... Uh, okay. Yep. And so she's like, she's put this monkey up on a pedestal, and she's just not sure, like, how to feel about it. I don't know. Man Chair actually, like, reacts to the track as if he's probing her. As Janet kind of picks herself back up and decides to stand up for herself and her dreams, because she's Janet Vandegraaff, and she's going to return to Broadway. Yeah. No matter what this monkey has to do with anything. But then she has, like, a mental breakdown. And a bunch of people dressed as monkeys come on stage and dance around her. And then she has the realization that she really does love Robert, her little monkey. <laughs> this is an acid trip. <laughs> yep. Cocaine, alcohol, <laughs> Yeah, it's the cocaine acid. toothpaste strikes again. Yep. So, I don't know. So, one minute she's like, yes, Broadway. But then she's like, but wait, Robert. So. What do? Who knows what's going to happen, right? Miss Trottendale tells Underling that she knows the wedding will proceed as planned because love is always lovely in the end, which is a cute, you know, thought. However, she's clearly a bit confused because she's saying that relationships like Romeo and Juliet and Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn had happy endings. <laughs> well, they had endings. Underling's like, no, 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 they didn't. <laughs> uh, but then she also reveals to Underling that she's in love with him. So that's cute. <laughs> okay. <sure. laughs> Meanwhile, the chaperone comes in and announces that there will be a wedding after all. Her and Adolfo. Ooh. <laughs> sure. Who cares at this point? <laughs> and then Miss Tottendale announces that she and Underling are also getting married. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Please tell me that the two gangsters also get married by the end of this. <laughs> I think they're brothers. So oh. hopefully not to each other. Yeah, because they <laughs> don't get married. Not but good. dang it! All right, we still got some some drama. To <laughs> yeah, go. okay. So Robert, of course, tells Janet that he loves her, and the chaperone gives Janet advice on what to do. But a sound interrupts her, and it's actually not clear what she says because I think Adolfo like drops his cane or something right as she speaks. And so the man in chair is wondering, like, is it live while you can? Or is it leave while you can? And he's like, ooh, you know? And he actually shares a brief story about his own failed marriage. (laughs) Oh, oh, rough, bud. Ouch. (laughs) So, of course, back to Janet. She admits that she really was the French girl after all. And so she agrees to marry Robert. Yay! (laughs) So, they're back on. And so, to appease the gangsters, Feldzig introduces them to Kitty, his new big Broadway star. He's like, you know, I know Janet's out, but I've got this girl. You know, she's awesome. She's going to replace Janet. And you will notice, as if you listen slash watch it, Kitty is portrayed as having one of those really high-pitched, annoying voices. Great oh nerves a little bit. Oh, my God! No, it's worse. It's, oh, God. It's, I mean, like, gratingly high-pitched. Glass shattering? It's... Like, took a bunch of helium? Yep. Oh, it's oh. rough. But that's just who she is. And so anyway, bothers me a little bit, but that's the character, I guess. And so he asks her to demonstrate his her mind-reading talent. And wow, these gangsters. And she reads Feldzig's mind and announces that the two of them are going to get married. <laughs> Four weddings. 
So now we're at four whole weddings. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, George. Remember, there's George, the best man. Oh, yeah. He still exists. Yeah. Is he getting married to somebody? And so, no. But he is, like, the most sensible one here. And so he realizes that he's now the best man for four weddings. Because that's how that works. And so he's like, all right, we're ready to go. However, then he realizes he failed at one vital task. Getting the minister. <laughs> Isn't it the day of the wedding? Like, yes. the original <laughs> wedding? God, these people suck. And so at this point, you think you can't get weirder. And then it does. Uh, all of a sudden, you hear the noise of a plane. And Trix lands her plane in the garden and announces that she has to fix the engine before heading off to Rio. Random plane. I don't know. Cool. <laughs> and so everyone's like, wait. Trix can perform the marriages because she's the pilot of a plane, just like the captain on a ship can do marriages. Yay! <laughs> really? So... Sure. Dude, I'm surprised, like, a monkey in a suit didn't come out and do it at this point. <laughs> and so they all decide to board the plane, get married in the air, and then fly to Rio for their honeymoons. And so this Wait, is the how song- how big is this plane? <laughs> hold on, hold on! <laughs> and this is the song, I Do, I Do in the Sky. And, yes, good question, because I'd like to point out that this is one of those, like, one-seater planes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it's, like, actually, like, on stage, it's, like, a cardboard or whatever the, you know, whatever the theater does. And so yeah. everyone is just, like, holding on to the wings as they, quote-unquote, fly to Rio. <laughs> nah, I'm just gonna land a Boeing 747 on these <laughs> gardens real quick. I don't know, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so right then, as the record is almost done, the power goes out. And it all goes black. <laughs> the end hold on <laughs> and the superintendent arrived to check on the circuit breaker and the the power comes back on the final chord plays and the show is over however man in chair expresses that he's not really satisfied by that right because it's like right as he was almost there the power went out and so like you kind of missed the power of that last moment you know uh-huh. and he's like maybe i should just replay the whole thing over again no no i won't but i want to but i won't and so he expresses his deep feelings and love for this musical that he's never actually seen, just listened to, which hmm, like are us. feels that I understand. <laughs> yeah. And so he begins to sing As We Stumble Along, reprise, and the characters start to reprise their own solos, and then they kind of come around and they give him flowers and they cheer him on. Eventually he gets to sing with the chaperone, who's his favorite character, and then Trix pulls him over to join them on the plane as they sing and the show ends. <laughs> Yeah, how cute. Oh my god. So, yep. <laughs> wow. What do you guys wow. think? <laughs> uh, a trip. <laughs> that moved at like a mile a minute there at the end. Especially with the help of that plane. Holy Toledo. Sorry, uh... Rio. Was, yeah, well, no, no, the, Toledo the Surprise. Toledo Surprise. That's what the Toledo Surprise was. <laughs> <laughs> Four weddings. Yep. Oh, man. Isn't On a plane. Like, to Rio. Isn't it, like, the worst thing to, like, ask somebody to marry, get married, like, at somebody's wedding? Oh, yep. that's how you make enemies. Mm-hmm. I guess enemies. they're just a bunch of rich people on cocaine, so nobody really cares. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, <laughs> that uh, is a show that exists, if you can believe it. Uh, and it's a yeah, lot of fun. Yeah, I definitely need to look look more into this, because this, this seems hilarious. <laughs> it, it, it sounded like it knew exactly what it wanted to be like you said but just a bunch of people got together and they're like hey let's make something stupid yep 
So yeah, no, sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, it succeeds in what it's trying to do, and that's important. Yeah, I don't. Once productions start coming back around again, I'd like to see this one. This sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually keeping my eye out for this one. Um, it came uh, early, might have been 2018, 2019, but I remember seeing something about it being around, but it was too late for me to catch it, and so I was like looking around to see a show of it last year, and I just it never came around here, so who knows? Yeah. I get that, like you said, when you saw it as a high school production, I could see that benefiting a high school production because if somebody messes up it's just whatever it's part of the the show or the yeah whatever slapstick stuff you're doing so yeah seems seems like a good match kylie any thoughts i liked it i wish i could see it (laughs) okay (laughs) nailed it yeah (laughs) all righty well unless if somebody has anything else that will wrap up this episode of save me an aisle seat we hope you all enjoyed this episode we really enjoy doing these synopses of stories and they're just a lot of fun so we we hope you continue to listen so we can continue to do this if you would like to reach out to us um our email is at save me an aisle seat at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at save an aisle seat on twitter amber is the one running that so she would love to i don't know talk about four weddings <laughs> get into heated discussions about it let's go Maybe who would who would have the best wedding you can also reach out and uh, support us through our ko-fi ko-fi.com slash ragtag network i believe yes that which is the umbrella that all of our podcasts are under so yes we appreciate your support yes y'all so we we didn't we didn't break the podcast while while Katie was away. So I think that was a success. Yes. I haven't been fired yet though. So we didn't let you get fired from this one because yeah, I had to do the outro. There's no escaping you, this one. <laughs> you asked us yep. if we could fire you, and I said no. Yeah, I guess if I'm asking for it, it doesn't count. Yep. Nope. Alrighty. Well, we will catch you all in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Aisle Seat. We do this show for fun, but if you'd like to support us, you can check out our Ko-Fi at www.ko-fi.com slash ragtag network. For more episodes and shows like this, go to our website at www.ragtagnetwork.com. This show is brought to you by the Ragtag Network.